This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 102, 102 of Small Talk. Now listen, episode 102, we didn't know if this one was going to happen. It took a while for Steve and I to get together, to connect, if you will, to do this episode. And Steve, I am just going to give you the floor here and let you explain why it was difficult for us to get together. Can I just tell you that the last 30 hours of my life have been more difficult than the entire three months or four months of quarantine and, and isolation or whatever for the coronavirus stuff. I have been without power because there was a tropical storm that ran through the Northeast. I don't even know where it came from. I don't watch the news. I don't know shit. But all of a sudden, I get a couple hours notice that there's this tropical storm rolling through the Northeast. Happened about 3 p.m. Eastern time yesterday, and I didn't get power until about uh, 6 o'clock Eastern time tonight. And let me tell you, you don't know boredom unless you don't have internet, television, anything really. I couldn't use my phone because all the cell phone towers were down. I had nothing to do for the last 30 hours, <laughs> and I was losing my mind. So what did you do to pass the time? I'm so intrigued by this. First of all, I'm glad we're connected and I'm glad you and Maddie and Mumford and Moose are safe. I'm glad you guys are all all right. And you know, based on what I saw on the news, it really does seem like the Northeast was hit hard. So it was a scary, scary thing. And I am glad you guys are okay. But when you were able to text and or call me, the stress level that you exhibited not having internet and or TV or anything to do was so funny to me. So I really need kind of a captain's log from you on what you've done for the past 30 hours. Okay, so I'll take you back to when it all started. (laughs) Again, this is on me. It's on me. I'll fully admit I am the blame here because I don't watch the news, like I said. So I didn't really have a heads up. I wasn't prepared for this at all. I kind of knew vaguely something was happening. And then around three o'clock yesterday, skies get really dark. You can see the wind's kind of weird. My dogs are acting weird because they know something's going down. Maddie's out kind of working. So I'm like, okay, this is a little bit weird. She ended up getting home just around then. And then boom, winds are going. You're hearing things outside. It's like torrentially downpouring and you hear a lot of noises outside and then boom, power goes off. Then it goes back on. So we're like, okay, now we've lost power a few times here. Uh, over the years at our house. Usually it doesn't last for more than like 20 minutes. So I'm like, yeah, it'll come back. It's not a big deal. So it was off for probably five minutes, comes back and is on for another 10 minutes, goes off again. And it's out for good. It's out for good. There are branches flying in our backyard. There's two massive branches. I mean, there were, we drove around today. There are trees down everywhere. I'm talking about like split, like massive trees split in half. There are trees that have been uprooted out of the ground. I've never seen anything like that. We've really never had like a hurricane up here or anything. And I think that's what this was from something from the Carolinas, right? I think it was just a tropical storm, the remnants of something. So I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea what was going on. And it only lasted probably like a half an hour. It wasn't that bad. But what happened in that half an hour was wild. So we didn't have any power. So we're sitting there going, all right, you know, maybe it'll come back tonight. You know, the crews are going to get out. It seems like the storm has passed. They'll probably get the crews out and maybe hook the lines back up. We'll be fine. So it starts getting a little bit later at night and it doesn't come back on. Luckily, it wasn't super hot. Like The AC wasn't on, so it wasn't super hot in our house. It wasn't that bad. So we're lighting some candles because it's starting to get dark. We lit every candle we had in the entire house, which is awesome because you know me, I love candles. Uh, (laughs) And then it's completely dark out, and it's like 8 p.m. by that time, and we're like, okay, it must not be coming back tonight. It's too late or whatever. 
So Maddie and I are like sitting there. We've been on our phones for a while, which by the way, we can't use. So I'm just playing all the random games on my phone that don't require internet, which is like two games, by the way. You don't realize how not useful your phone is until you lose basically every ability on it. I couldn't make phone calls. I couldn't text you. I was trying to text you to tell you I couldn't do the pod. Texts weren't going through. I obviously didn't have internet. So I'm sitting there playing Tetris on my phone for a couple hours trying to pass the time. <laughs> That's all I had, literally all I had. And I had some saved podcasts that I listened to as well. But when you're laying on your couch listening to podcasts playing Tetris, you can only do that for a certain amount of time. So I wasn't really in a mood to read at the time. So I didn't really read, even though I just finished a book. I was kind of mad that I finished it because I would have loved to have had that book to read during the last 30 hours. So I didn't do that. It got so bleak. And actually, I shouldn't say that because I love playing this game. But Maddie and I played 1v1 Trivial Pursuit at night, which, was, <laughs> which might have been the high point or the low point, depending on how much you love Trivial Pursuit. I love it. So it was a high point for me. But again, that only lasts you like an hour or so. And by that time, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And... Let me tell you this. I was like, you know, I'll just go to bed. There's no point in staying up anymore, right? I'll just go to sleep. I'll just sleep my way through this thing and, you know, hope I can sleep for like 10, 12 hours and then maybe we'll have power tomorrow morning. The problem was bedroom, second floor of our house. It was so hot, Michelle, because the AC was obviously out. It was so hot, which actually brings me to a question that I want to ask you because I found out something last night that I kind of had always known but never really had tested it quite like this. I think that sleeping when it's hot is my number one most first world uncomfortable thing that I never want to deal with. I cannot sleep if it's above 75 degrees in my room. Can't do it. And I listen, I'm admitting that I'm a wuss. I'm admitting that I am as privileged as it comes, but I could not sleep because it was like 78 to 80 degrees last night. And it got me thinking of what are the most uncomfortable, normal things that make you feel the most uncomfortable physically. So I am with you on sleeping hot. This is first and foremost why I refuse to go camping. (laughs) I went camping one time. Well, no, I've gone twice. One time it was a post high school thing with all my high school friends. And there was a lot of BLs, a lot of Bud Lights working there. So that was like a pass out on the air mattress. It was a float trip. Not a big deal. Nice. But one time... Super Midwest. You're not Midwestern until you've gone on a float trip and drank a bunch of Bud Lights during the day. But I went one time camping with a bunch of couples. It was like, oh, my boyfriend and I, let's go camping with these three other couples. We'll do like a bonfire. We'll have a good time. It was the most miserable experience of my entire life. Had nothing to do with the company, but he got super drunk and passed out early a hole popped in the air mattress <laughs> it sank Not down idea. and it was so hot steve it was like it felt like there was a blanket of humidity on top of me the entire night and yep. i was laying on the ground i was like why do people enjoy this this sucks this sucks i could be at my house so yes i agree with you sleeping while hot especially if it's sticky hot at night is miserable it's one of the worst things ever And I'm sitting there laying and this might be a hot take. And I don't even know if I've shared this before, but I think when it's hot out, if I'm not at the beach, I don't want to be hot ever. Really. I'd rather be cold than hot all the time, except when I'm at the beach, because I don't want to just be sweating while I'm laying in my bed. You know, I'd rather be a little bit cold. I don't want to be sweating when I'm walking around. I'd rather be a little bit cold. The only (laughs) time that I feel like I enjoy when it's hot out is when I have a drink in my hand, a Bud Light maybe, and I'm at the beach or a lake. That's the only time I care about being hot, that I want to be hot. So I love summertime. I love being super hot. because You yeah, like sweating usually... unnecessarily though? I just don't like sweating well, for no reason. Well, usually me being super sweaty means I'm doing something great. I'm at the beach. I'm at a pool. I'm at a baseball game. All acceptable. I mean, 
all acceptable things. Yeah, I don't equate being sweaty to working out because normally I'm just laying on the mat and complaining. My trainer, Paul, can confirm. I just complain a lot. So I don't care. I can see that. I, I would do that too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my God, Steve, a quick aside. I, you know, I keep going to him like a couple times a week and he keeps increasing the weights. And I'm like, my body has not adjusted. I cannot, you no. can't add more than 15. I, he wanted me, I like it. He wanted me to do these one-legged squats with 20 pound weight. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. I physically but did, can't But did you do, do it? it? Did you do it? I bet no. you did it. I did like three of them. And then I complained and he was like, well, I go, can't do it. I need the 15s. I need, I need the 15. And he's like, well, no, you can do it because you were just doing it. And we're, you know, we're trying to help you grow. And I'm like, just give me the 15. Give me the kettlebell. I can't do it. He was testing your mental strength and you failed. So that's what happened. Well, he knows I don't have any. I I don't either. Don't worry about it. I am mentally tough when it comes to a lot of things. I will endure a lot of things, but if it's something that I know right away is going to be a hard no for me, I'm going to complain about. I'm not even going to pretend like you with the no internet and the sleeping when you're hot. These are things that you just know right away. It's going to be a hard no for you that you're not going to try to endure. Same thing with me with the weights. Don't even try to hand me the 20. We both know how this is going to end. You want to know the peak boredom of my last 30 hours? I didn't sleep a lot last night because I couldn't sleep because it was so hot, but I couldn't go, I couldn't check out Twitter and just hang out and be bored on Twitter because I couldn't access Twitter. So I was basically just laying there trying not to think about how hot I was. So I wake up, I actually probably got, I don't know, maybe four or five hours of sleep. It was all right. Seems a little vain, Steve. Wake up. Yes. Wake up. We went to get, just to get out of the house because one, we didn't have service at our house. So we had to go somewhere else to kind of get phone service. So we drove to a different town to get coffee and just something to eat because we hadn't eaten in a while. (laughs) <laughs> Which, by the way, I had a lemonade. I told you about this, and it's unbelievable. I had a lemonade espresso. It's an Arnold Palmer, but instead of iced tea, they just put a shot of espresso and lemonade. Unbelievable. Highly recommend everyone try it. It was awesome. It's a lemonade espresso. I need to Google this. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure there's a go, name for it. I go up to the barista, and I look at it. Both Maddie and I saw it, and I was like, what is Steve. We both said out loud what? Uh-oh. It has the best name of all time. What? It is called a Thunderbolt. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's so good. It actually, the name makes sense because it is like, it's a shock to your system, but in a good way. It was delicious. It's a little sweet, a little sweet. I'll give them that. But espresso isn't sweet at all. So it was a nice little balance there. And they poured it and it was completely split too. The bottom was all lemonade and the top was all espresso and you shake it up and it looked amazing. And it was so much better than I thought it was. So shout out to them. I, I encourage everyone to try it. Shout out Thunderbolts. So we should get Thunderbolt to sponsor the pod. What's up? I mean, we should get Well, no, it's not a brand. It's a name, like an Arnold Palmer. Oh, we or should a name, make it. Over. Like a gin and tonic. Yeah, okay. So hit us up if you would like to go in on a Thunderbolt packaging deal with us. Yeah, we very can, lucrative. We can talk branding. We can talk distribution. We can talk marketing strategies. But I really think that that's something that we could get on board with. Anyway, to make a long story short, we went outside. We hung out. It was super hot out there as well because it's like 90 degrees and it's not windy here at all. I started picking up some leaves. I started picking up some of the branches that fell down. We ended up getting service at about six o'clock Eastern today. But the low point, Michelle, I'll just tell you how bored I was. This will be the last thing I say on it. You don't know how bored you are until you're going through your entire photo album on your phone, deleting all the pictures that you don't need anymore. That was how bored I was. It was bleak. (laughs) Honestly, though, that sounds like something you should probably do anyway, just to streamline and curate. It's one of those things that you always push off because like, I don't have enough time. Well, guess what? I had enough time and I did it. And I probably am better off for it now, but it took me several hours and I did it. That's how bored I was. 
Well, T's and P's to you for that experience because it sounds yes. terrible and I'm yeah. sorry that you had to endure it. I'm sorry that you had to play Trivial Pursuit by Candlelight. And by the way, having all the candles working at the same time, I'm imagining a very unpleasant concoction of scents. You've got a little autumn spice working over here and you've got maybe a little vanilla and a patchouli over there. It just seems like a lot coming at you at once. Depending on what part of the room you're in, was whatever vibe you were feeling. Although the good thing is we yeah. had two of those ones that are battery powered. So that was good. And then our entire fireplace is full of non-scented candles that are just for aesthetics, but we lit them anyway, because we needed the light. So sure. that was okay. But if you're on the left side of the room, it was that it was like pumpkin spice, whatever. And you felt like you were in the fall <laughs> on the right side of the room was, you know, some sort of balsam wood. And then in the middle of the room was probably, I don't know, a lavender or something random. So yes, whatever part of the room you're in, depending on the vibe you were in. Okay, well, I'm sorry that you had to experience that, but yes. I texted you this, and I think it bears repeating, and it's certainly a discussion point. You endured that, and it was terrible, yes, but things could be worse. You could be the St. Louis Cardinals, and because of a COVID outbreak on your team, you could have been quarantined in a hotel room in Milwaukee that's haunted, by the way. The Fister Hotel is haunted for dope. six days. See, actually, no, I, I kind of like the haunted thing. That would make it more cool to me. But anyway. Okay. Well, not that. for me. Uh, <laughs> not for I don't everyone. think these are like Casper the Friendlies. I think these are like, hey, we're going to freak you out and perhaps exact our revenge type ghosts. And they're the opposing team. I love haunted things. I'm the one that watches those stupid HGTV or sci-fi shows. Not, They're probably not HGTV, but those sci-fi shows, whatever, where they do the ghost hunters. And they never actually find ghosts because if they did, it would be news. But they're hunting for ghosts. All It's like kind of like those Bigfoot shows. It's like finding Bigfoot. Well, they never find Bigfoot. Spoiler alert. Yeah. If they did find Bigfoot, the thing would have been found Bigfoot, not finding Bigfoot. Anyway, but I'm the one that watches those shows because I'm really interested as to why the places are haunted in the first place. What's the reason that this hotel is haunted? I don't know. Let's find out. I love stuff like that, though, because when we went to Savannah, Savannah, Georgia, is one of the most haunted cities in the United, entire United States. And that shit is right up my alley. I love it. I love it so much. We did the haunted tour, which I would highly recommend to anyone that goes there. And they tell you the, the stories, the folklore. It's probably who knows if it's real or not. But the reason that people believe that some of these places are haunted, like houses, hotels, restaurants, and it's all so fascinating to me. We're going to the Travel Channel, who you know knows what's up. It's named by the Travel Channel, Steve, the creepiest place in Wisconsin. Okay, per the Travel Channel, the most lavish hotel in Milwaukee when it opened in 1893, the Pfister Hotel is believed to be haunted by its namesake, businessman Charles Pfister. The hotel frequently hosts visiting baseball teams and several of its high-profile guests have had some interesting things to say about their stays. Bryce Harper of the Washington Nationals claimed that his belongings and furniture moved while he was sleeping, while Brandon Phillips of the Boston Red Sox says his radio repeatedly turned on for no reason. See, I love that stuff. And honestly, savvy move by the Brewers to do that. It's like another mental hurdle that you have. It's mental mind games you're playing with your opponent. We're going to put them in the most haunted hotel we have in our city for every single opposing fan. Or I'm sorry, every single opposing player to come here. I love that next level thinking by the club because that is... Oh, I wonder, they don't pick where the other teams stay. The teams decide. Well, why would those teams stay there then? That's I think weird. Probably I'm sure they suggest that, hey, you should stay here. Well, no, I bet it's probably the nicest hotel that's closest to the ballpark. And it's haunted. Because I know where all the teams stay when they come to town in St. Louis, they all stay at the Ritz and it's like 15 minutes away. Mm, interesting. Either way, then that's dumb for whatever the people who are planning the 
travel for the opposing teams. You shouldn't put your team in a haunted hotel. Think about that. Like <laughs> yeah, your star yeah. player all of a sudden sees a ghost and doesn't play the next area. He goes over four or four strikeouts. That's on you, dude. I'm sorry. That's on you. Yeah. I wonder why they do stay there. I'll find out. I'll ask. I'll ask why they haven't switched hotels. I've always wanted to stay in a, ho- in a haunted hotel, but Maddie would never do that. Never go for it. I would do it, but I wouldn't sleep a wink. I would sleep with one eye open the entire it would be, time. It'd be fun to do with a group of people, though, right? If you're all in on it and you're all with each other. Because I don't want to be alone in a hotel. That's scary as hell. But if you're with a bunch of friends, you can make it a little bit more weird and comfortable. I think that'd be a hell of a trip. I'm doing it. Next time I'm in, in Milwaukee, let's do it. You know, I will go to Milwaukee anytime. Milwaukee's a sneaky, awesome town. It's right up my alley, Midwestern on a lake. You got some boat action going, beer, cheese curds at all of the bars that they have. There's games. It's an awesome, awesome place. And by the way, when I say next time I'm in Milwaukee, that'll be the first time I'm in Milwaukee. <laughs> but I am looking forward to my first trip to Milwaukee and I'll stay there. Steve, if you go to Milwaukee before you come to St. Louis so that you can stay <laughs> in a haunted hotel, I'm going to kill you. I will be happen. pissed. I will be pissed. There's a haunted hotel in St. Louis, the Lemp Mansion. We could stay there when you come. Well, do you know that the house that have you ever heard of the movie A Haunting in Connecticut? No, I have not. It was a movie. I think it came out. I don't know. Was it twenty ten ish? Was it the Chronicles of My Time when I lived there? No, it was not in Hartford. <laughs> it was in my hometown. It was near where I grew up, and I wow. never knew it was haunted until the movie came out. Wow. Yep. It was an old house that a doctor lived in because it's right near the old hospital. And a bunch of shit went down there. And yeah, what's up? Shouts out Southington, Connecticut. Shout out Southington. Okay, wait, but I want to circle back to your trauma, to your no power trauma that you endured in the last 30 hours. Surely though, I want to know, what would you rather have happened to you? You are stuck in a hotel for six days. You have internet, you have streaming, you have your cell phone, you have amenities, certainly AC, but you cannot leave the room. Your meals are getting delivered to you outside the door. You can't work out. You can't stretch. You can't roam. You can't get your sheets cleaned. And you know, when you're in a hotel, there's that AC film that kind of gets on the sheets. It's very weird. And you only are in limited space. You're in a, even if it's a suite, you're in a limited space for six days. Or you're without TV. AC, internet, streaming, your NBA, all that stuff for 30 hours. I think I would easily choose your situation. I'm going the other way. If you put me in a 10 by 10 room with a mattress, a television, and an internet modem, I'd probably be good for a month easily. No. I don't need to, I don't need to go no, anywhere. You don't, have deliver- FIFA. you don't have FIFA. They couldn't get anything delivered, and they're probably not taking their consoles with them on the road. Which would be a bummer, but I'd try to figure out a, a way to smuggle it in because I feel like that's possible. I don't know. They weren't letting anything in because they were trying to flatten this curve. Even if I couldn't, though, I would just binge watch something on Netflix. I would watch a show. I'd watch all the movies. I would be totally, totally fine. Whereas, all right, put it this way. Would you rather be going through all the photos on your phone and cleaning out all the things that you haven't cleaned out in your digital life, overheating for most of the night, not being able to sleep, not being able to cook any food. Yes, you can move around your house. Yes, you could potentially leave, but you can't actually do anything and you feel incredibly disconnected from the outside world. Or would you rather be in a bubble that has internet, television, and air conditioning? I'll take the bubble. So I would certainly choose yours because I feel like to be disconnected for 30 hours might be kind of awesome anyway. My favorite trips that I've ever gone on is when I have no internet access and I'm just off the grid. And you're choosing that. You're choosing to do that. And and those trips that you take, Michelle, you're also like in Europe somewhere. So it's not like you're you're not really off the grid. You're globetrotting and you're in Prague hanging out, drinking at some local bar. 
yeah, you're right. I was at like a five-star resort in Montana riding a horse to the top of a mountain exactly. to have lunch. So it wasn't like that terrible. But I was messaging with one of the guys on the team last night and I'm like, you guys have got to be going crazy. And he's like, oh my God, you have no idea. This is insane. And I think after maybe three days, you would be starting to panic a little and be like, I've got to get out. And they cannot get out. And not only, Steve, are they stuck there for six days and they can't literally leave the rooms they're having to do covid tests while they're there so they're having to do the swabs and all that too and you're in there with the anxiety of oh my god a bunch of my teammates just tested positive for covid i'm doing these tests am i going to come up positive even if i'm asymptomatic is my career going to be on the line so not only can they not move and they're stuck in this hotel room but you've got this anxiety and fear factor to it that i think a lot of people aren't necessarily considering and by the way 30 hours i mean it was one day steve one day i would rather do something miserable for one day than six days anytime ah, see for the one six day days. the one day i don't have any I can't do anything. There's nothing fun that I can do. And let me tell you this, I think part of the anxiety for me, and you're right, in a vacuum, it's easy for me to say I would sit in a room. If there's COVID and all the anxiety that goes around with that surrounding it, yes, maybe I would be more on edge about it. But I'm just saying that if one or the other, either I'm at home with no AC and I can move around, but I don't have any connection to the outside world for 30 hours, or if I'm in a room for 30 days, COVID aside, I would take the six days for sure. And at the end of the day, I'll be able to binge my way for six days. You could just binge watch a couple of shows and you're already through it in the blink of an eye. Whereas 30 hours is a long time. And I think what made it worse, Michelle, is I told you there were rumors that this thing was going to get fixed for a week. And I'm sitting there going, are we going to have to deal with this for an entire week? Which I mean, I literally would have just moved somewhere. I would have, I would have driven to St. Louis to hang out with you is what I would have done. Damn it. I cannot believe the power went up. That would have been awesome. You and Maddie in St. Louis. I would have shown you the best time. We got time. We're making moves. It can't be here anymore. Think about that. That would have been so fun. You guys could have done a little road trip, get some snacks, come to the loo. Oh, that would have been great. Damn it, power. I know. Missed opportunity. But we, got, we got the text saying the power was coming back on. We were like, this is too good to be true. Came back home. It was on. And we went back to living our life. Although sneaky hard thing is if we had gone maybe a couple hours more, we would have had to have thrown a lot of stuff out in the fridge and freezer too, which is a big bummer. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, because... You know, I was thinking that about the guys, the Cardinals, is it's not even like a regular quarantine where they can get their barefoot Contessa on and start cooking, you know, baking a little galette or whatever they want to do. You can't even pass the time that way. You can't even break up your days with cooking because you're getting prepackaged meals set outside your door. And their families aren't there, right? Like just no, so yeah, they're on the road. Which so is it a, was a blessing a and a curse, depending on how well you get yeah. along with your family and your significant other. Well, not only that, you know, you're concerned and now those fears have unfortunately come to fruition though about getting sick. So you don't want to put them at risk when you're traveling with True. a group of people. But yeah, it was um, a bunch of members of the team and the members of the organization that were traveling with them that got sick. And it was like the first report was two players and then we get more and then more. And, you know, obviously everything's contained. Thankfully, they were able to leave the hotel and they're back in St. Louis and they're going to play on Friday. But I just thought... And, you know, obviously in talking with some of them there, you're just like, God, that is miserable. Absolutely miserable. But at least they're getting paid still, you know. Yeah, <laughs> listen, they're, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And, you know, and so will you, home. Steve. So will you. No, listen, I'm going to be fine. I would have been fine other way. But it was a major inconvenience. I'll just say that. We'll leave <laughs> it at that. But again, lock me in a 10 by 10 room with internet service and I'll be fine. Okay, well, 
we have a very fun thing on deck for the pod this week. We said, you know what we haven't done in a while? A little AMA action. We put out the call on social media. We said, hey, we're going to do an AMA. Steve and I, for small talk this week, shoot us your questions. And Steve, while you had no internet service, I was over here fielding the questions. And I have to shout out our small talk family because they delivered in a way that they have never delivered before. Some of these questions are so good. We were dying laughing as we were sifting through them. So I'm so excited. I don't mean to cut off your no power story, but I just want to <laughs> dive right in and get to these questions. I want to turn your frown right upside down. No, this is actually genuinely going to be super fun. We have an eclectic group of questions too, which is awesome. And I think this is one of the more fun things that we've, I mean, it's been a while since we did. I think the last one we did was just me. And then we ran them by my wife, Maddie, which is funny. It's been too long. And I absolutely love some of the questions in here. So I can't wait. Yeah, we've never done just an isolated AMA for me, and I don't know if we ever will because that makes me too nervous. Well, I could always vet those at some point, but I think you need to do one. The people want it. I don't think the people care, but I... It might get a little weird, but I'll, I'll get the weird ones out of there. Well, I had put it out on my Instagram, and I said, okay, AMA for the pot, and then I put it in parentheses, please don't make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> please don't make it awkward for us, yeah. And I did get some really weird ones. We don't need to talk about those. We don't need to encourage that type of behavior. Okay, Steve, I'll go first and we just can ping pong back and forth, okay? Okay. And I would read people's names, but it's their handles. And I don't know how to pronounce a lot of these. So we're just going to run through the questions. But shout out to you if this is your question. All right, Steve, question number one. Have you ever had a pro athlete or ESPN coworker slide into your DMs? <laughs> uh, yes, I have had an athlete slide into my DMs for sure. Sexually? No, no, no. It was actually awesome. It was Jimmer for debt, which was one of the coolest Jimmer. things of all time. The Jimmer. So what happened was we had him on Rosillo's pod and he and Ryan knew each other, whatever. And they were communicating. We had him on. It was awesome. He ended up following me on Twitter and shot me a DM basically being like, Hey man, big fan of the pod. Thanks for having me on all this stuff and reaching out. And I'm like, you're a big fan. I, Jimmer, you were like the coolest dude there was in the NCAA tournament at BYU. I rooted for you during your entire NBA career. I know you got drafted to Sacramento, which was probably not your fault and, and, and you're an awesome <laughs> player, but it was just so cool. Like Jimmer for debt slid into my DMs and it was one of the coolest moments of working in sports in my entire life. Easily. Wow. What yeah. a great story. That's yeah. really good. How about my, you? I think people are probably more interested in yours. Uh, I'm just going to say yes. And I am not a snitch and we'll leave it at that. Whoa. Whoa. Could we drop a sport? Was it weird? Um, well, it's been multiple. I mean, multiple sports. I've, I've had people in media. Of course. I've had baseball players and that. So, okay. I'm very interested in this though. Um, would you ever be open to that? Is this just a fail from the start or could somebody successfully slide into your DMs if you're interested? <laughs> At least the ones that I've had thus far, it's a no. hard pass for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Was it because of what they sent you or was it because of just the practice altogether though? Usually if it starts like, hey, baby girl, I'm out. <laughs> First off, terrible way to slide into somebody's DMs. I mean, listen, I'm not an expert at sliding into DMs. I don't do it. So maybe I'm the one in the wrong here, but that sounds like it's not what you should, what you should open with. Like, hey, baby girl, saw your pics, you cute. <laughs> what? I always want to write, do you copy paste this to other people? You know? If we're being honest, they probably do. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, some of them were obviously like personal. Did you respond um, at all or did you just leave them basically unread? One guy was... Um, <laughs> well, I've never put anybody on blast, but one guy I really wanted to because it was on a team. This was years ago. He was on a team that 
kind of had a rivalry going with the Cardinals and he was very vocal about hating the Cardinals and it was so annoying. And I just wanted to put him on blast so bad and be like, God, you're such a tool. Like know your audience too. Like know who you're, who you're throwing this at. Like I don't understand. You're not well, going mean, to tolerate any slander. Yeah. Don't you be talking bad about my city and then slide in my DMs. That's right. not going to work with That's me. That's the wrong play in moments DMs. Come on. Yeah, obviously. Okay. You're up. All right, uh, this one. Would you ever want to go back and work at ESPN headquarters in Bristol? Steve, buckle up. This is going to shock you, but the answer is yes. Whoa! And live in Hartford, too? I would just probably move in your spare bedroom and just hold Dupree with you and Maddie. No, LOL, JK, Steve. I would never do that to you. Honestly, Maddie would love that, so it's probably realistic if it ever happened. I would just be less creepy and moved on the street. There would be separation, right? But no, here's the thing about ESPN, and I said this when I left. The best part of ESPN is working at ESPN. It's the best company to work for in the world. I mean, I love my job here. This is no slight against them, but ESPN is, it's a campus of brilliant people that are like-minded and you guys are all pulling the rope the same way and you learn something new every day. You meet interesting people all the time. And the best part about it was the team that I worked on. I mean, look, you and I are still so close. We talked about Ryan and Danny all the time with Will, with Bubba, Ray, Leah. I mean, the list goes on. Everybody that you work with, I mean, when you work with a really good crew, it makes everything else inconsequential. And I think I learned a lot of lessons my first time at ESPN. I ran away every weekend to New York, which Correct. <laughs> at the time served me really well because it was healthy for me to have separation of church and state. I am never a person that can hang out with my coworkers 24 seven. I don't think it would have served us well in our working relationship or our mm-hmm. friendship if we were getting drunk on the weekends together all the time, you know? Because mm-hmm. when you work at ESPN, it is, it's an all encompassing job. It's 24 seven, it's high pressure. I mean, when that light goes on, you're ready to go. It's the top of the top, right? And so I think I needed that escape to go out with my friends and not talk about sports or not have them care about sports and be able to unplug it kind of recharged my batteries, if you will. But I think now looking back, there's so many things about Connecticut I loved. And knowing what I know now, if I ever was to go back, I would know how to play it. You know, there would be that built-in knowledge where I think I could have a great time there. I would say yes, too. Everything you said is correct. The separation of church and state is a big deal. I was from the area, so I had friends that did not work at ESPN. For people that come in from other places and work at ESPN, it's kind of like college in a way where you... You're doing everything with the same group of people all the time. You're working, you're going out, you're living together a lot of times, and it can be a lot. But I will say, it's awesome to work there. It's still unlike anything there is in sports media. It is, and I don't think anything will ever change that because it's the biggest name there is. A lot of incredible people and athletes work there, roll through there, and there's just nothing like being in Bristol. But I've always said, the people that have it the best at ESPN are the people that work there that go to Bristol maybe like every other week or fly in for a couple days and stay in a hotel, but they're the people that can fly in but not live there. If you live, say you lived in St. Louis, Michelle, but you flew into Bristol every other week for four days to work on NFL Live or whatever show it is, those people have the best lives because they really can separate the two. And you can get a little bit, I know this is probably dickish to say, but you can get a little bit jaded working there too because of all of the things and all the cool people you see and all the equipment and the shows and this massive behemoth that is ESPN, you can get a little bit jaded when it comes to that. So the people that get to fly in, their excitement level when they come is still a 10 every time they come in. So of course, the answer is definitely I would work there again for sure. 
I don't know if I'd want to do the exact same thing, but it is an awesome place to be. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And I think just to put a quick bow on this, one of the best things that I did when I was there, especially towards the end of my time there, is Liam, who was our boss. Lovely. You know, Liam's the best. But we would have, what were they called? Our performance reviews that we would do, yep. where they would set goals for you. And I think that's one thing that's awesome about working at a place like that is they're constantly grading you. So if you're not on top of your game, it's going to reflect in your performance. They're not going to keep around people that can't execute. But they're constantly pushing you to grow and get better. And they have the resources to help you do that. And mm -hmm. one of the things that Liam said to me was, I really want you to meet people outside radio. This is an unbelievable place to work. And the more that you can learn about this company, the more you're going to be able to expand your horizons there. And so I met with people in social media, Jen Howard, who became one of our really good friends. Shout out to Jen. She listens to the pod, Love but you. she taught us so much about social media and about metrics and how to do deploy content in effective ways, things that we never would have known. She got and me verified. What's up? She got us verified. <laughs> yeah, shout out Jen. But to be able to talk to someone who is so elite in their field and have their field be able to benefit us and what we do every day as far as taking the content from the show and reframing it in an important and interesting way, I would have never learned all that or met someone as amazing as her if I didn't work there. I got to go meet people on the TV side and shadow different shows on TV and learn how the TV operation worked. I met people in Deportes. I met people at ESPNW. I mean, the list goes on. So that's one thing too, that I think when people think about ESPN, they ask us specifically about ESPN radio, but that is one building and one department and a massive, massive machine of people that work there that are interesting and brilliant and can make you better in a lot of ways. And that's something that I certainly miss, you know? Totally agree. Okay. Next one. Can you believe I said I'd live in Connecticut again? What is happening? <laughs> Last week I said I'd like Taylor Swift. This week I'm going back to Connecticut. I mean, who am I? Quarantine and uh, protein has all gotten to you, I guess. Working out every day. Oh my God, it's the supplement, Steve. Okay, next question. I love this one. Would you rather live 15 more years and everything is free or 40 more years, but everything costs double? It's really, really, that's a great question first off. I just want to say shout out to whoever asked us that because it's awesome. It's really, really easy to say the 15 years, and I'm going to say 15 years, <laughs> but that's not a long time. I mean, it really isn't. But my reasoning would be, if you're having to pay for double everything in 40 years, that's a real problem. If you were to say 40 more years and everything was the way it was versus 15 years and everything's free, I might be more inclined to take the 40. You can do just about everything you want to do in life. Nah, that's actually not true though, because if you want to have a family and you're not going to be able to grow up and see them, I would say the 15 because I would be a baller for 15 years and maybe I wouldn't have some of the family and personal stuff that I would want, but I would be able to travel anywhere I wanted. I'd be able to eat whatever food I wanted. I would be able to buy a professional sports franchise if I wanted to and run it for a decade. That's such a limited and unique opportunity that I think you have to take it, right? No, I'm taking the 40 years, Steve, because the only thing you can't buy is time. If I'm guaranteed more than double your 15, I'm taking it. And if everything costs double, you may be working more, which kind of negates a lot of the time that you're getting because you're spending a portion of that earning money to afford your life. But when I think about when I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to be like, wow, that trip to Columbia I took back in 2018, that was the shit. I'm going to be like, wow, 
love my family and I am so glad that I had all this time with you. So I would take the extra time with the people that I love over the limited years and everything is free. So just for context, we're talking late forties for us. We're out. Yeah, we're dead in the ground. Late forties. Cause I've always kind of maintained that I don't want to be super old, but obviously late forties isn't super old, but Michelle, you kind of just late said it 40s though. Is like, no, 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 that's not old. I'm just saying, I don't want to, you know, no, I know, but that's I, like nothing. 50 is like the new 40. 50 is the new 40. Shouts out to Jay-Z. Like I said, it's really easy for me to say the 15 years thing, but I think you just made my point for me. What is your life going to be like if you have to pay double for everything? That means you have to pay double for every car you want, your kids to go to college. I mean, a double for any food. I mean, that's insane. You'd have to be a baller and you are a baller. So it's probably not a big deal, but no, I don't no. know. I just feel like that would be a real big problem for your life. You wouldn't be able to enjoy anything because you'd have to pay for everything. You know, you can't put a price tag on Steve watching your kid graduate. Here's the thing. I wouldn't have kids. I wouldn't. If I made the deal with the devil, shook his hand and said 15 years, I, I wouldn't have kids. I would just, I would live with my wife and we would travel and we'd do a lot of things and then we would both go out together. See, I don't even know if I want to have kids. So this is a crazy argument that I'm making, but I don't think that you should have to remove the potential joy of starting a family from your life so that you can travel. But it's a trade-off. Like obviously you get one or the other. You probably, Michelle, miss travel, miss international, miss worldwide, if you will. If you had to pay double for every trip you were on, you probably wouldn't go on as many trips. You wouldn't, even if you did have kids or didn't have kids. Yeah, but I love traveling and I wake up every day and it's the first thing I think about. Today, Steve, I spent three hours researching the $1 houses in Italy. Have you seen this? No, but tell me more because I'm looking <laughs> to make a move here. <laughs> <laughs> I almost texted you, but then I realized you weren't getting texts because you didn't have any Wi-Fi. So there's this thing, it came out last year about all these different towns in Italy, and they have these dilapidated homes from like the ancient times. They're essentially ruins, and they've been sitting abandoned and kind of in disrepair for so long that people have started migrating out of these towns because nobody wants to fix them up. So what these Italian towns have done is they put these homes on the market for $1. But the problem is, is you have to make a financial commitment to say that within three years, you'll put X thousands of dollars worth of renovations into it. But think about it. Let's say it's 50 grand in renovations. You still have a home in Italy for 50 grand. Yeah, I was going to say, where in Italy though? Is it? There's like a ton of towns. Some are in Sicily, some are up near Umbria, which is by Tuscany, an amazing wine region in Umbria. Um, some are near the Amalfi Coast, maybe like 30 minutes from the Amalfi Coast. Why aren't more people doing this? So a lot of people did, and I was reading about it today, and a lot of people from other town, excuse me, other countries in Europe did it. Like a lot of people from France I was reading were like, why the hell not? Yeah. It's easy for me to travel and get there. And I was reading about this one couple from France that did it and said, totally worth it. We ended up spending like $75,000, but we completely renovated this ancient Italian home and they were showing off pictures of their balcony and it was the sickest views of the Italian countryside and they're like we want to retire here this is going to be our retirement home and we got it for under a hundred thousand euros wait a second we need to go in on this this is blowing my mind I don't know how I know Steve I literally was going to text you and be like have these boys <laughs> go 50 cents <laughs> yeah, like, no. you throw in some George Washington's on yeah but for real, I literally called a friend today who is a handyman and was like, if I paid for your flights and your food, would you renovate this house for me? 
And he was like, well, we can't go there now. We're banned. And I was like, fair point. Fair point. Yeah, put on the back burner for now. But back. it's the future. Yeah. But these houses are going quick. A lot of them are, aren't available anymore. So we need to look into this. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you are in fact a contractor or a carpenter or a handyman, a plumber, and you want in, hit us up. Yeah, this, is, this seems this too good Time to be true. Shit. This seems just way too good to be true. A lot of people were reluctant to do it because it's not really a dollar. It's a three-year window that you have to get this done and you have to sign contracts. So I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, initially, let's say on the high end, it's a hundred grand that's going to cost to renovate this. But most of these people are from out of town. So you're talking flights, you're talking hotels that you're seeing in other places, you're talking hiring people to do yeah. it. You're talking the materials, you're talking furniture, you're talking all of these things. So it's a heavy initial investment. But I mean, shit, Steve, we could go there on holiday a month out of the year and then we could rent it out the entire time. That thing will pay for itself in 15 years. Yeah, literally my dream would be to move to Italy and just be off the grid. Now we are talking about off the grid as far as the lights going out in my house and the power going out. I wanna be at a point in my life where I don't even need to be on the grid ever. That would be a Bam. thing. Because the reason that you still wanna be on the grid and when you lose power, you don't have internet, you feel lost is because you feel like you're still tied to that. I wanna be at a point where in my life where I don't even have to feel that anxiety, where I'm just like, oh, cool. What happened to Saruti? Oh, he just left for Italy. We haven't heard from him in five years. We don't know what he's doing. That's the level of zero fucks that I strive to be. And buying a house in Italy and spending 50 grand on it to renovate it is how I would get there. So I am very interested. Okay, let's talk about this. I'm dead ass. When we wrap okay. this, we're going to talk about this. But wow. can you imagine what a sick urban legend it would be? It would be like, hey, whatever happened to Small Talk, that moderately successful podcast with Smallman and Saruti? And it's like, you know, they had this brainstorm. They bought a house for a buck in Italy and we never heard from them again. <laughs> yeah, I read that they had a place in the Amalfi Coast somewhere. I don't really know if that's true. But we haven't heard from them in years. You remember that Sports by Brooks guy? You ever yeah, heard? yeah. That, remember yes. he just... He literally just disappeared from Twitter. Nobody knew why. He just fell off the grid. Yeah. And then somebody found him and they were like, oh, actually, like I found him. And I think he's back now. I don't really know if he's relevant anymore. But I want people to be talking about him like they, like they talk about me. Like, Saruti, what the hell? He's just, we haven't heard from him in three years. What's going on? He's just living this awesome European life. I want my life to be like Gossip Girl where it's like spotted. Smallman on an Italian yacht. Yeah. XOXL Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is some grainy picture of you in a bikini on this massive yacht. With a bottle in my With hand. With Dom everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, let's do it. And yeah. If you don't oh. hear us next week, you know why. Yeah, okay. You're up next. All right, what do we got? Hold on, let me bring this thing up. Okay, good one. What's something that you used to love back in the day that now makes you cringe? Okay, just off the top of my head, I cringe. We talked about this on the pod before. When I think about some of the partying I did in my youth, now that I'm an adult, really? Steve, I look back at some of that and was like, it is a wonder that you and your girlfriends never got murdered. Well, because you were just in sketchy places, because yeah, you were, like, we were doing just, like, mischievous so, things. All of the above. We were so naive and so unaware. I mean, think about Europe, okay? Me and my friends are in Europe for seven months, wasted on red wine, just like gallivanting around. We don't speak the language. I have like a slide phone that has, you know, two minutes of time left on it <laughs> that I can't even contact anybody if I need to. And I'm like, sure, I'll have another drink. Sure, we'll go back to your like, Italian villa. And life is great. I mean, I just think about stuff like that and I cringe because I'm like, you have a guardian angel looking over you, girl. And it was never anything like, it's not like I should have gone to jail, but just 
being naive and young and drinking and trusting people when you probably shouldn't have. It's a scary thing to think about. And by the way, I see young drunk girls now and I cringe looking at them. Okay, but, but that's different. No, so but I, the other day, saw a group of girls that were out for a bachelorette party and I hated them. I hated them. They were all wasted and falling all over themselves. And their voices were all like this. Yeah. Well, to and quote were, uh, How I Met Your Mother, they're woo girls. They were woo girls. And they were taking all these photos. And I was like, I hate you because I was you. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was an amazing time in my life. And I still am best friends with all my friends from high school and college. But I look back on us and I'm like, wow, we were everything that I now hate. You're right, but I think I disagree with you on one. I think that kind of builds character and builds who you are, right? And people like us look back at those times and go, look at how stupid we were. But you look at that fondly. Like you'll talk with your friends from college, your friends from high school and be like, remember when we did that? Yeah, that was so stupid. But that to me is what makes growing up cool and fun and edgy yeah. and it makes you who you are. So I don't really look back at it and cringe. If I was an adult doing those things now, then that would make <laughs> me cringe. That's much more cringeworthy. The people that still live in their hometown that still go to that same bar or like the creepy guy who's like a fifth year, who's like 35 years old and acts like he's still in college. That's cringeworthy. Not looking back at what you did when you were that age. Cause that's just what everybody did. I know, but it still makes me cringe. Okay, that's fair. See, I went a different way on this one. Um, okay, what did you do? I went with very specific things. Abercrombie, wearing Abercrombie. I that can't believe I did that. Time. It was, it was but I look back and you go, Hollister, although I wasn't a big Hollister guy at all. It, yeah, I never shopped at Hollister once. Didn't like Hollister whatsoever, but you look back and you go, this is the dumbest store ever. It smells terrible when you go inside. Um, if I was my parents now, I'd be like, no, you're not shopping here. This is stupid. Everything is overpriced. It's terrible clothing. You're an idiot. Trust me, you'll thank me in 20 years. And the other one that I was going to say, was emo music. Emo music, I feel like <laughs> in the moment, you're like, oh my God, My Chemical Romance came on today and Maddie and I were joking about it in the car because it came on shuffle, which by the way, I wouldn't include them because I still love My Chemical Romance. But some of that bad emo music, like Simple Plan and all that weird whiny bullshit, yeah. I look back and I go, how did I listen to that? What the hell is wrong with me? It's so depressing and Ugh, everything is uh like here's my life. Oh my god, everything is terrible. And they all talk in that weird voice and yeah, sing in that terrible nasally. voice. It's nasally. I look back and I go, ugh, that was just dis- what was that about? Yeah, that was lame. I never went through that phase. Oh, good for but you. While, while I was wooing, you were boohooing. <laughs> I was yeah. Plan. Listen to Simple Plan and Fall Out Boy. I was never really a big Fall Out Boy fan either, but I could get down with some emo music, but the entire genre really as a whole, like if you look at it and stereotype it, it's just a very weird thing to look back at. It makes me cringe. All right, I got one that's really quick here next. Ryan Gosling or Leo DiCaprio? Ooh, now are we talking actor or are we talking about hanging with? Because my answers are different. Oh, well, okay. Explain why. I think both. Because I don't think he really specified. So take it whatever way you want. So I think if I was going to date one, it's obviously Ryan Gosling. Obviously. Obviously. Plus, and I'm not trying to say this to be rude, but you're too old for Leo anyway. I was just going to say, I'm not like <laughs> yeah. a 22-year-old foreign model that would want to get dumped in three months. So, yeah, he has a hard cap at 25. I yeah, believe. so yeah. and I think that that's very weird, by the way. It's talking very about, weird. Talking about cringy, the older he gets, the younger they get, and the pattern is all of a sudden very weird. Listen, he has the right to do that as Leo DiCaprio, would do whatever you want, but I also have the right to be like, that's a little bit creepy. When you're also in your 20s and you're dating girls in your young 20s and you're Leo DiCaprio and they're models... 
it's on brand for you. It's like Matthew McConaughey from Days and Confused. I keep getting older, they stay the same. That's weird at some point. It's very weird, yes. I weird totally at some point. So I would go Ryan Gosling, because it seems like he's a great guy. Married to Eva Mendes, kids. Talk about off the grid. Their kids have never even been seen. I love that about them. Love that. I love that they're private. So I would totally want to hang out with him. And as far as acting is concerned, while I love Gosling, Place Beyond the Pines, amazing. Leonardo DiCaprio is the best actor of our generation, hands down. His resume is untouched. Mm -hmm. He will never be touched. His range, the scope of the things that he's done, he is just unbelievable. And again, no disrespect to Ryan Gosling, but I don't even know if anybody in our age bracket, well, I don't even know if he's in our age bracket, but in his career frame, that's not older than him. I'm not talking De Niro. I'm not talking Al Pacino, but I'm talking Leo's age and younger. I don't think anyone's going to touch him. Totally agree. And nothing against Ryan Gosling, but for both answers, I'm going with Leo because Leo is the better actor. And that's no, again, no shot at Ryan, but Leo's, what do we got? Shutter Island, Inception, The Departed, which by the way, I think is kind of overrated, but most people think it's a great movie. Blood, um, he, Diamond. Blood Diamond. He's just, Blood he's, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable actor. Like, which is, we're going to end the conversation there because there is no conversation. And then the hanging out with part, I think is Leo too, because I just feel like Leo's network is bigger. You know, he had, if you, if there's a party and Leo's inviting his crew or his people and Ryan Gosling's having a party, he's inviting his crew and his people Leo's the party you want to go to if they're at the same time. To me, it's hands down. Leo's got the bigger friend group, although everyone there might be probably 25 or younger. Yeah, then all of a sudden you're the creepy hanger-on, Steve. All the dudes, I guess, would be older, but all the women would be younger. I don't know. Sounds sick. Maybe I'm talking myself out of this right now, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still going with Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, me and Gosling and Eva Mendez are hanging out at a picnic, kikiing, and you're at some weird party. I don't like it, Steve. Well, I definitely don't want to hang out with Ryan Gosling and his wife, um, Eva Mendez, and his kids either. I don't want to do that. So that's definitely know. a no for me. All right. What do we got? Uh, oh, oh, you you got next. the next one. Go next. Ahead. Okay. What would be your and Steve's dream scenario for what the pod becomes? Oh, man. Honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and yeah, you go. piggyback off something that we said. If Steve and I could buy a house in Italy and do the pod from Italy, weekly content to Americans doing a pod that sometimes talk about sports from Europe, done. Yeah, and I would probably say grazie too much and people would hate me for it and stop listening. Grazie. But I, grazie. I, but I wouldn't even care because I'm balling out and living in Italy. So it wouldn't matter. Yeah, every other word would be like, allora. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I start drinking more, uh, what, sparkling water. And... Oh my God, we would be pounding Aperol spritzes. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Oh my God, we'd be insufferable, but it would be really fun. The Mediterranean diet, we'd be in the best shape of our lives. I mean, oh it would, God, we so might be insufferable. Can? I'm thinking about how insufferable we'd be now. People probably would be like, I can't listen to this pod anymore. They're too, they're very Euro. But you know what, Steve? Then we couldn't get off the grid because we'd be posting constant thirst traps because we'd look so good and, and European. Heavily filtered, yes. Heavily for sure. filtered. For sure. With an Italian quote underneath, like, ooh, Cipella. <laughs> yeah, people would be like, wow, Cerudian Small one like really sold out. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't really care. You, you would be dressing like an Italian soccer player. Oh, yeah. So hard. Your Instagram would be like you walking, wearing loafers and rolled up pants. My body would be full of tattoos. Oh, for sure. I'd be very tan. <laughs> I'd have an even better somehow beard than I would now. My hair would be perfectly coiffed every day. It would be, it would be great. But people would hate us for it. Okay, what do you want the pod to become? I don't know. I mean, I feel like we have a really cool audience and a really loyal audience. And I'm really grateful of that. And I don't ever want to change that. So it's hard to say like, oh, do we want to become bigger? Yeah, of course, I want to become bigger. But there are things that go along with that. And as long as we could be who we are, my thought would be, we can stay true to what we do and what we like and 
really just kind of like talking shit and hating everything and having people sort of relate to that, but on a larger scale, right? A place where more people could find us and listen to, to us and we can grow that way. So it's, I know it's not like a, you know, a super detailed answer, but that would be it. I just don't want anything to, to really change it big time because I genuinely enjoy doing it. Sometimes I look at the numbers for the pod and I'm shocked at how many people listen. And I'm even more shocked by how many people listen and get us. Yes, I know. It actually is very comforting for people to tweet you and say, oh, I had the same thought about that. Or yeah. I also hate being hot for no reason because I guarantee you people will say that to me. And I'm like, totally. thank you. Like, I'm not alone. This is awesome. And I think we bring that to people through what we say on the podcast. And then they will, you know, sort of give it back to us and say, I totally agree. Like, keep doing what you're doing. This is awesome. And that's one of the most underrated parts of being forward facing. And even though me, very a small one, a public figure is that you see how you relate to just people and it's really awesome and it makes you feel better as a person. It's very cool. All right, you're up. All right. This is a, a great one. Speaking of us, speaking of us being wannabe Europeans, what are the top three cities that you would visit on a Euro trip? Oh, do you have yours? Okay. I can go really quick. Rome okay. for me, Rome is the best city in Europe. If you've never been, you have to go. I would not go in the summer cause it's really, really, really hot. Spring or mm -hmm. fall is beautiful. The history there is unlike any, it's unlike any city, I think, because of the ruins of ancient Rome and even some of the modern stuff is awesome. So Rome to me, best city in Europe, that's number one. Number two is Barcelona. If you want to have it, if you, Barcelona, what's the, what's Barcelona, you got to do the list. I don't do the list very well. Uh, I'm not Catalonian or whatever you call it, but <laughs> if you want to party and rage, Barcelona is the place to go, period. Starts and ends with partying, it's Barcelona. Plus it's the beach is beautiful. The food scene there is super underrated. If you like sangria, that's awesome. If you love wine, it's awesome. I've only been there once, but I want to go back tomorrow. And my last one, I'd really have to think about this. I mean, London's an easy one to say. London's really expensive and it's not, the weather's not super nice, but being in London is cool because it's such a multicultural city. It has a little bit of everything that you would want. And the food there is actually underrated. Don't eat the British food, but eat the international food there. The Indian food there is great. I had great Korean there. One of the best Italian meals of my entire life was in London. Wow. So I feel like London's a little bit of a cop-out. Name yours, and I'll see if I can think of a third. Okay, so I'm going to save Italy for last. I'm going to agree with you on Barcelona, just because I think it's so uniquely Barcelona, and because I think you should definitely go to Spain. Spain is a beautiful mm -hmm. country, and if you're going to go to Spain, you should go to Barcelona. But I love so much about Barcelona. I love the parks there. I love the Gaudi everywhere. I love, to your point, the water that's there. You get the food, you get the culture, you certainly get the party scene, but don't start until like midnight. You don't Literally, start, yeah. you eat dinner at like <laughs> 10 PM and you start partying at midnight. So your yeah. clock is off, but I was only there for a weekend, but it was amazing. And I would highly recommend it. Um, again, with everything I was saying there, I'm also going to put Paris on the list. I don't know if you've ever been to Paris. I've never been. I've never it been. Is. See, I'm worried about Paris though, because I'm a big food guy and I don't like French cooking. So what's the deal? I loved the food in France, but I also like mussels and I love bread and cheese and wine. And I had an amazing burger in France that I'll never forget because it was right by the uh, Musée d'Orsay and it was so good. But the architecture and just the aesthetic beauty of Paris is unlike anywhere that I've ever been. Even just the most average building is so beautiful and elegant. And obviously they have the best art in the world there. And I just think there's so much to do in Paris that I would definitely recommend that everybody go. Plus they have a great club scene there too, if, you, if that's your jam. Plus, I mean, you wanna talk about history, like the history in Paris is incredible. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've been to Rome 
so many times that I kind of am over Rome at this point. And it's not like I've been there 10 times. I think I've been there five times. And Rome is It's great. definitely a popular one. Love Roma. But I'm, if I go to Italy now, I could bypass Rome altogether. I never have to go to Rome ever again as long as I live. It's amazing. I love it. I would certainly rather go there than a lot of other places. But to me, the essence of Italy is in the smaller towns and in the countryside. And if I had to pick one, though, I think the Amalfi Coast is unlike anything you'll ever see in your life. And I would say I would pick Positano because Capri, Capri, however you want to say it, is more difficult to get to because it's obviously an island. You have to take a boat. But if you go to the Amalfi Coast... And obviously Sorrento and Ravello and a lot of the other towns, I think people prefer because it's not as touristy as Positano. But if you've never gone to Italy and you're going to the Amalfi Coast, you've got to go to Positano. Go to Lace Arenuse, have a cocktail there, and it's the most spectacular view you'll ever see. It's unlike anything that you'll ever see in your life. Maybe this is a cop-out answer then because I'll piggyback off of you. Probably my favorite thing I've ever done in Europe is we spent a bunch of days in Rome and then we drove down the three hours from Rome to the Amalfi Coast and then going to the Amalfi Coast. So if you can do that, I'll put that as number three. When you're in Rome, drive down to the Amalfi Coast, experience like you said, the Italian countryside is such a weirdly cool, unique place. Stop Beautiful. at a random cafe and get dinner or get lunch or whatever, depending on what yeah. time you're there. Little and then yeah, and end, end up in Positano, Sorrento and hang out there. Roman and the Amalfi Coast couldn't be more different. I mean, it's similar right. food style, obviously similar language, but it couldn't be more different. And then I'll say, as an honorable mention, just for another one, Amsterdam. Amsterdam's awesome. I really don't feel like I need to say anything else. It's just an awesome place to be. And there's way more to Amsterdam than the weed. Exactly. If you're on the water there, the, the, the buildings are so cool. Um, oh, it's, a it it's one of the most beautifully unique, cool places that I've ever seen. And I actually didn't get to spend a lot of time there, but I want to and I want to go back. Small talk Euro tour. I know. We should do that. You know what? I mean, listen, maybe we can get a big enough sponsor to have us paid to do a Euro trip and we could do live blogs and, and shows on the way throughout it. You know what? I'm going to amend my answer to what we want the show to be. I want this to be a travel show where we are just paid to drive around Europe and do podcasts about different cities we've been in. The content would be hilarious to see us traveling together yes. and the things that we would deal with. That would actually be really funny. It would be good. Let's make that happen. That'll be the future. If you're listening, and you'd like to fund that trip. Shout us out. Because once we're allowed back in Europe, peace out. We're I'm back. out of here. <laughs> yep. Okay, next one, Steve. And this is my favorite. Do you want me to save my favorite one for last? Yes. I okay. think I know which one you're talking about. So save that for last. Okay, we'll save my favorite one for last. So I'm going to combine two. Because, of course, we got a lot of questions about Rosillo and a lot of questions about Canel. So someone wants to know what our favorite Rosillo memory is. And then somebody else wants to know what our most annoying Danny Cannell story off the air is. <laughs> well, I have a Danny one really quick. And Danny is a great person and he's so nice. And you'll back me up on this for sure. There's not a lot of annoying things about Danny. He's genuinely a great person. But Danny is a terribly scary driver to be driving with. <laughs> yeah. He is an awful driver. And he thinks he's a good, really good driver too, which is the worst kind of driver that they're like, oh, just shut up and sit down. Like, I'll get you to where we have to go. But he's the kind of guy that's riding people's asses, honking. He's probably the guy that I drive like, but I don't realize it, where it's like road rage and he's like passing people on the right constantly. I think the one time I drove with Danny was like the closest I think I've ever been to death. So I guess that's my one annoying thing about Danny off the air. It's so funny that people 
say that about Danny, like thinking that he's annoying off the air. I didn't think he was annoying on the air, but off the air, Danny is the best teammate in the world. He is the nicest guy. He's got the most beautiful family. He's the best family man. He invites us into his family. He and his wife, Court, would invite me over for dinner to hang out with their daughters because they knew I didn't have anybody to hang out with in Connecticut. He is just such a genuine and generous guy. And it's just funny to me that anybody would classify him as annoying because I don't think he's annoying at all, but I will back you up. If I did have one annoying thing about Danny, it's that he's like when you're in the car with him, you're gripping your seatbelt for dear life. He's just a yeah. speedster. We, um, you and I separated with Ryan and Danny when we went to Michigan State on our basketball tour. You and Ryan flew in separately, and you guys road trip to East Lansing. Which, by the way, I wish if we had cameras, I would have died to see Danny and I on our trip, and you and Ryan on your trip. Because Danny and I were, of course, listening to tunes and we were chit-chatting the whole way. We stopped in Detroit. We went to the Shinola store. <laughs> we went out to lunch. We had Mexican for lunch. And then we drove to East Lansing. And I can only imagine you and Ryan just talking straight NBA the entire time. I don't remember much from it, but it was uh, – that's what most of ours are, is just, yeah, NBA talk, random rumors, potential magic rumors that he knows that I don't know about, and then – occasionally just the usual talking shit about things that we think are annoying right whereas Danny and I were he went to listen to a lot of Taylor Swift and I was like oh, enough and he's like come on my daughter's listen to it yeah meanwhile um, Ryan's listening to like Mastodon and you uh, know MF Doom and all that and remember you know. that time that he made us do the Mastodon Thursday and he was like what do you think of this I go this sounds like the soundtrack to my murder yeah like, I, I remember that it's awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no offense Mastodon but I I agree with Ron on a lot of things. Uh, Mastodon is, is not one of them. Not that I don't like them. I just don't understand his love for them. But remember, we got so many people hitting us up being like, we live for Mastodon on Thursday. I was like, what? Yeah. People yeah. loved it. What was the um, Ryan question? What was it? Uh, what's your favorite Rosillo memory? Okay, here's mine. I think my favorite Rosillo memory was his last show that we got to produce together because it was just a very cool thing for you and I and our team to be able to put that together for him. Cause how many people work as hard as he does and get your name on a show and you get to live out what would be your dream and essentially have a show where all of these people who work with you and appreciate you get to celebrate you mm -hmm. and everything that you've accomplished. And it was really cool because we got all of his friends on the show. We got his dad on the show and I just thought it was an awesome thing to be a part of, to get to send somebody off into their next chapter like that. That was really cool and underrated. I hadn't thought of that, but that's probably the right answer because it was so fun to see Ryan. Cause he wasn't, you know, Ryan's not really an emotional guy. I think we relate in that is that, you know, typically we just kind of keep it close to the vest in that way. But when his dad was on, it was genuinely, I'm going to cop out and say that was probably my favorite moment because his dad and my dad are very similar guys. Like they both are, guys that work in the trades that have just hardworking people that have provided for their families. And I think guys like Ryan and I have benefited from that because they, their dads have been able to provide them with this, not having to work in a labor job, which I would be terrible at by the way, for, <laughs> which is true too. So in seeing the way Ryan interacts with his dad, and I, I know like Ryan talks to his dad about the Celtics all the time and different random things and hoops and whatever, it's just really cool. And to see that happen on the air, I don't get emotional about things a lot, especially when it comes to Ryan, but that was definitely one of them and it was awesome to see. So I'm, and maybe it's a cop out, but that's probably my answer too.
So uh, just a quick note on that. I was already back in St. Louis and producing that show from there. You were producing in the studio, but I was handling a, a lot of the guest booking, including Ryan's dad. So I had to sneaky, like get in touch with Ryan's dad and communicate with him. And he is so great and so like Ryan. It was so funny. Mm -hmm but I didn't have to worry about being on camera or being in a professional setting as the show was happening. So of course I'm listening to his dad, talk to him and be like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm crying like, on the couch. <laughs> being like, yes, this got executed to perfection. This is exact. It was the last segment of the show. It's like exactly the way we wanted it to play out. So you were getting email in the studio and probably had to temper it. And I got to cry on my couch and be like, yes, we did it. For one stupid story, I'll just add another one. The only time I've ever flown private in my life was the, <laughs> the entire LSU trip, by the way, I could put into this was one of my favorite Ryan memories, period, because being on the sideline for LSU Alabama in Death Valley that night, having kids in the stands. And trust me, when you're at this game, there are tons of famous ass people on the sidelines of these games, like tons. Like we're talking about celebrities, people in the sports media, coaches, players, whatever, former players, the whole nine yards. And Trust me, I was on the sideline there. When we're walking around the stadium, everyone was shouting out Rosillo. Everyone. Yeah. All the kids were like, Rosillo, what's up, dude? Because they know <laughs> he's like an adopted son of Pat Rouge and, and LSU, period. Yeah. And there were people that were significantly, and no slight to Ryan, Ryan's famous, but there were people significantly more famous than Ryan on the sideline. And Ryan was the people that, that was probably shouted out the most that they wanted to like see if Ryan would turn his head and he would often do and give him a love. So that was really cool seeing him in his element in Baton Rouge. And because we met these two guys afterwards at the party when we went to see, or it was, it was after the game back at, uh, I think it was at walk-ons, right? I was gone, remember? I had oh, you were, gone to New York City. Oh, you were gone. Okay. So we were at walk-ons. We met these two guys and we were like kind of annoyed about our flight situation. We had to connect through Atlanta and then go, and it was just going to take all day basically to get home. And these guys that we had met randomly were like, oh yeah, we have like a private jet leaving tomorrow. Do you guys want to just hop along? And it was going to New York City. And Ryan were like, yeah. I was like, is that cool, dude? He's like, yeah, just hop on. So Ryan and I just like basically tagged along with these guys who were on a trip together. They were all friends. We tagged along in their private jet. Yeah. Sick flex. That's me living PJ life. What's up? What's up? And one more quick thing. In addition to Ryan being the adopted son of Baton Rouge, so that was really cool for you. I always thought it was really special that we got to f go to Florida State with Danny. Oh, I know. Seriously, that was so awesome, especially at, at Madison Social. People still are like, oh, Danny, you know, the choke a doke or whatever. Like, they'll remember. It must be so cool to be. And that's why, like, there are so many things now with college athletes and people arguing whether or not, oh, should they be paid? Should they, like, have your argument about whatever. But there is no argument that if you are a successful college athlete, in what you do, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. If you do something significant for a school like Florida State, you will be a legend for the rest of your life. You'll never pay for drinks for the rest of your life. You are worshipped like a hero, like a god. Mm -hmm. Years and years. I mean, we're talking, uh, what, almost 20 years after Danny was at Florida State. He is still right. looked at as this legend. And it was just really cool to see him in his element. You're 100% right there. And it's cool because we knew Danny on a different level, right? He was kind of in our world like he was a broadcaster but we're the ones that had gone to school for this or whatever mm -hmm. you know what i mean and we obviously knew that danny was so successful that he had this amazing college career and nfl career but to see that play out on his home turf i always thought was very very cool totally. um okay you're up next i think you have one more okay this is uh hold on this is a really good one here and a tough one, one that I had to think about, and one that I'm probably still not even sure I have the right answers to, but, and you're going to go first, name three albums that you love that came out before you were born. 
Oh, okay. I will go first because I think this one's probably easier for me than it is for you because I have some pretty tried and true classics when it comes to tunes that I listened to growing up. I obviously have to go first and foremost, Rumors, Fleetwood Mac. One of the greatest albums of all time. It was in heavy rotation in my youth and in heavy rotation today. It's one of those timeless things. My favorite band is Queen, so you have to go a night at the opera, right, with Queen. Mm -hmm. God, that, I mean, that album was so unbelievably great. I have to choose a Frank Sinatra album. A lot of people will argue that In the Wee Small Hours is Frank Sinatra's greatest album, but it's blue. It's a little sad. I mean, it's amazing. So I'm going to go Songs for Swing and Lovers, Frank Sinatra. That is a very Michelle list. It's on you brand. You make me feel so young. Had, had to be Sinatra. I totally agree with you on rumors. Fleetwood Mac is somehow still underrated, I feel like. I don't know if that's true. You think Fleetwood Mac is underrated? I, I just feel like when people bring up the greatest bands and their favorite music, Fleetwood Mac, everyone likes them, but they're never at the forefront of the elite list. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. Maybe I'm totally off base here. But if you're like, hey, what are your top five favorite bands? Like, who names Fleetwood Mac? But they deserve to be in that. I mean, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, but like, okay, that's like the NBA Hall of Fame. Like, so many people get into that <laughs> Rock and Hall of Fame. I mean, geez, Dwight Howard's going to be an NBA Hall of Famer. Point taken. But you're right. Rumors, man, they're just such a unique and versatile band. I don't even really know when their peak was. Was it the 70s? Yeah, probably the 70s. 70s into the 80s? Yeah. One of my most favorite memories is that I got to go see Fleetwood Mac with my dad. And growing up, my dad always with the tunes, like 24-7. My Mm -hmm. mom cooked all the time, and my dad would always throw on music. And it was heavy Frank Sinatra, Patsy Cline. But then we had everything from Steely Dan to Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, we were all over the map. But... Fleetwood Mac was always it. And I loved Stevie Nicks. I thought mm-hmm. she, was, she wasn't as the coolest. Cool but, shit, yep. Oh, but getting to see Fleetwood Mac with my dad and my uncle and my cousins were there too at the same concert. So we all got to kiki afterwards. It was amazing. But I remember Stevie Nicks started singing and I turned to my dad and I was like, she still got it. And my dad goes, she never lost it. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, what's funny about Fleetwood Mac too, is like it, they're a band that my parents had on growing up and they would, we listened to them all the time. And it didn't click for me as wow, they're great until at least my mid twenties. I, wow. I was not on board. Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm happy it did. And there's a lot of bands that are like that, but I'm just glad that they did click. Cause I always, you know, I remember all of their songs really growing up listening in my mom in the back of my mom's Mercury Sable, but I, <laughs> Because she used to always listen to Stevie Wonder and James Taylor and the Beatles and all that stuff clicked. But for some reason, Fleetwood Mac didn't click until my mid-20s. I don't know why, but I'm glad it did. I am dead at the Mercury Sable. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, you know what I'm talking about too? Like it's, yes. it's the greenish blue turquoise one. Totally. And, it, and it, it's the hatchback too, where like you're sitting in the back and you're looking out backwards, which is always the most mom vehicle of all time. I miss that car. Oh, you know, what is so our childhood is the turquoise car. Oh, yes. How many families had a turquoise car? My dad worked in the car biz and we had a hunter green Camaro and we had a burgundy van. I mean, we had all, we would get a new car like every year, but it was always like burgundy or hunter green or turquoise. We had a a rusty red blazer at one point. I mean, we had all sorts of colors. I can't wait till it comes back. Somebody should do that because now they're bringing, since everything is being remade, they're remaking movies, remaking everything. There's like another sequel in the 2020 version. Bring back Mercury Sable turquoise wagons. Like, I'm in. People would buy that for sure. You know, if Ford is rebooting the Bronco, why can't we get a Mercury Sable? Totally agree. I don't even know if Mercury is still a company. If it's not, bring it back. I don't know. But it needs to be a thing. It needs to be, it needs to make a comeback. 
Here's what we're going to do, Steve. We're going to make a ton of capital with our lemonade espresso drink, our Thunderbolts, once yep. we spread that to the masses. And then we are going to reboot Mercury Sable. <laughs> we're just bringing things back. We're bringing things to the people, to the forefront. I like this. But this is, again, we're talking about long-term plans for the pod. We've just discussed so many plans that we have. So I guess the question just answers itself. Small talk brought to you by Mercury Sables. Love it. <laughs> uh, all right. My three albums. This is tough because I'm kind of a music snob, but if I'm going to just say what are the three albums that I would want to listen to the most? One would be Led Zeppelin 4. Uh, I grew up, my dad is obsessed with Zeppelin. He had every album. I listened to it almost every time he was in the car. We had some sort of Zeppelin album on or classic rock or whatever. But this to me is the best album. Black Dog, Rock and Roll, Stairway to Heaven, obviously, Misty Mountaintop, Going to California. And then my favorite Zeppelin song of all time, When the Levee Breaks, is the final song, is the final track on this album. So I'll go Led Zeppelin 4 uh, with my first one. My second one, this is maybe cheating just a little bit because it's the best of album, but I think you'll understand why I say this. And it's the Steve Miller Band Greatest Hits 1974 to 1978. And for those of you that don't know the words of it, it's the one with the blue horse on the front. And you'll probably yeah. know what album I'm talking about. Like every parent, I feel like, had that album growing up. It is you know front to back, just a banger after banger after banger. So yes, it's a greatest hit, but I'm still counting it. No arguments from me. And that CD was for sure in the Mercury Sable. For sure in the Mercury Sable. Yes. We didn't quite have six CD changers yet. You had to take it in and out. But that oh, was yeah. the one that was probably that was going to get stuck in the CD player. Um, and then my last one, this was a tough one. I felt like I had to pick a Beatles album because I love the Beatles. And I don't really love one album more than any others. But if I had to pick one, I think you got to go with the White Album. That's back in the USSR. Dear Prudence, by the way, which is one of their most underrated songs. I love that song. Obla D, Obla Da, great song. While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Happiness is a Warm Gun. So you can't really go wrong with any Beatles album. I'm not a huge fan of the early Beatles stuff, but the later stuff is a little bit better. But any Beatles albums, I think, needs to be on here. And if I'd be lying to myself if I didn't have one. So give me the White Album as my final album that I would have to listen to before I was born. Should we make a playlist? From based our, on our albums? Based on our albums. We'll make a playlist and it'll just be Steve Miller Band, <laughs> 1974 to 1978. And the title of the playlist is going to be Mercury Sable Tunes. <laughs> yes, yes. Although it couldn't even be a CD. It would have to be like a cassette tape back then. No, you could get the CD. I don't think my mom's Mercury Sable had a CD player in it. I'm pretty sure it had a, a, a tape deck. Whoa. I mean, we're talking like mid-90s, right? I don't. No, they you had a CD player in the 90s. I don't well, maybe I'm getting my we definitely didn't have one in one of my mom's cars and I'm pretty sure it was the Mercury Sable because that oh, was like when CDs were just taking over too and remember some cars had both and it was like ooh, all right you got both you got the CD changer and uh, the CD player and the uh, cassette tape do you remember any cassette tapes that you had oh my gosh of course my parents met in San Diego and so when I was growing up we would go to California on trips so my parents could visit their friends and must be nice yeah must be nice well listen my mom's friend that she moved from New Jersey to San Diego with was one of the first employees at Qualcomm and ended up having a sick house well. in La Jolla. And my mom's like, oh, coming from Illinois to mm. La Jolla, great. <laughs> Did I make the right decision? No, no, come on. She met Mr. Smallman. What's up? Hello, I wouldn't be here. Of course she That's made right. the right decision. Yeah, she had the jackpot in love. So who needs a mansion in La Jolla when you <laughs> have a 35-year marriage, right, Steve? Love but in St. Louis. There you go. Honestly, I'd pick her route all day, every day. But yeah, anyway, so we're going out there and I was rollerblading at the beach listening to cassette tapes on my little, you know, Walkman thing. And I had gotten the Ace of Base CD, you know, the one with the flower on, oh, it, yes. on it. And I was 
cruise into the sign. I think I listened to the sign the entire plane ride out there. I listened to the sign when I was blading. I listened to the sign when I didn't want to interact with my mom's friends and their kids. I was like, mm, listening to the sign, can't really talk right now. <laughs> and I left the cassette tape in the guest room. I get on the plane, I'm ready to lock and load. And I'm like, what the hell is this? in here and it was a different tape and it was not the sign and i realized i had left the ace of base cassette tape in Bolivia. i'll never forget i know and i was like hey mom and dad gonna need another ace of base tape and my dad's like too bad sounds like a you problem mine is super embarrassing but i, I don't know why but i just remember this specifically but it was the first in sync tape Remember it was like you got that on tape. That it was, was a, like that was a hardcore CD for me. Yeah, I don't know why, but it was like a Cepheotone deal where all five of the guys were on there. It's it burned into my mind what this tape looks like, and for some reason, yeah, I don't know. I didn't have the CD yet. I wasn't cool enough. Uh, I don't even know what year that was, but that's for some reason that's like the one cassette tape that sticks in my mind. So yes, I listened in sync. Sorry, everyone can now roast me. Listen, you know I'm very pro in sync. I think in sync is still great. Backstreet Boys, sus. They're not good. Totally uh, honestly, agree. I think that they just needed a bit battle with NSYNC, but no complaints out of me. Okay, last question. And I did save the best for last. And this one, we do have a name. This is from Billy. Billy, shout like, shouts out. If we had swag, we would send you some swag. <laughs> if I had any sort of swag, Billy, I would send it to you because this is an amazing question. Billy wants to know, Steve, if you were a stick of butter, where would you spread yourself? Okay. I really thought about this for a long time because... I love butter on an English muffin. You can get weird and say I want it on a muffin. I also love butter on potatoes, like a baked potato, some butter in the middle. Oh my God, that is phenomenal. But, and maybe I'm cheating a little bit here. Because I hope we don't pick the same thing. The stick of butter is a little bit weird because mine doesn't really make sense in that, but it's just butter, period. I would put butter on popcorn. I think butter on popcorn is the best thing there is. Popcorn is by far my favorite snack. I would eat it every single day. When I go to the movies, Michelle, I get the biggest vat of popcorn and I dump all of the butter on top. It is the most gluttonous thing that I do in life is eat the most popcorn. So if I think I'd be fraudulent and I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't say popcorn here. That is not where I thought you were going, but I respect the hell out of it because you can utilize the whole stick. Yep. So this was tricky for me, Billy, because... I'm going to have to cheat a little bit and not go entire stick. I was just thinking like if you're butter, where do you want to spread yourself, right? That's what I was thinking too, but yes. And you're right. My first initial thought was English muffin. Mm. Who doesn't love a toasted English muffin? You spread the butter on it. It gets melty. You throw some jelly on that bitch. Oh my God. Good Saturday morning to me, you know? Also, a toasted bagel, I love a, cream, I love a cream cheese bagel, but if you go a little butter action on a bagel, if it's the correct bagel, everything bagel with a little butter action can't go wrong. You're 100% right. There are bagels that are better with butter than cream cheese. There right. are, and everything is definitely one of them. Wow. So we, we went the exact same thought process here. First, we went carb heavy with an English muffin or a bagel. Then, of course, my next thought was baked potato. I mean, you cannot have a baked potato without some butter in there. Some butter, sour cream, maybe a light sprinkling of some shredded cheese on mm -hmm. there. Maybe some oh chives. My God. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. Some chives. Load it up. Here we uh, go. Baked potatoes are criminally underrated, by the way. 100%. Criminally underrated. Mashed potatoes are criminally overrated. Mashed Agreed. potatoes, not even that good. I'm not a gravy person. A baked potato, when done right with a meal, can be actually better than whatever else is on your plate. Some buttery, salty skin on that potato, oh, too. I, yeah. I can't, we've never been more aligned on anything other than butter talk, so this is amazing. <laughs> this is actually amazing, and I'm kind of nervous 
because I loved your popcorn answer. I hope that you like what I'm about to say for my Uh-oh. final option here. If I'm butter and I can be placed anywhere, it is on top of an amazing stack of fluffy pancakes. Take that butter, yep. spread me all over, get some syrup. We're getting freaky. The butter and the syrup, we're getting all intertwined in there. And we are going to soak right into those fluffy pancakes and we are going to town. I almost went pancakes. Well, I would have gone waffles, but it's all the same thing. Like waffles, French toast, pancakes. Mm, mm, no way. Ooh, no. What do you mean? No. Well, okay. Why not? Are you not a waffles person? I love all three, but to me, there's a clear hierarchy. You're clearly going pancakes, number one overall pick. Then you work in your waffle, then the French toast. Were you talking about just for butter or those three? You would, re- oh no, 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 not for me. <laughs> uh, see, this is where it ends. This is, we, we were. You know what? You knew the end of the road was coming. Yeah. You knew it was coming. I agree with you that butter on pancakes is a necessity. It doesn't yeah. add it. It is a necessity. If you're making pancakes, you need to spread butter on the top and then pour the syrup, period. If you don't do that, you're not doing it right. End of no. conversation. But I will say, if I'm ranking those three things, pancakes are last. It goes waffles one, French toast two, and pancakes three. Waffles one? There's nothing better. There's nothing better, and, then, and there's nothing more versatile than a waffle. Unless you're a pancake. No, pancakes are just pretty straightforward, right? You could throw some whatever in there. You could throw some blueberries, chocolate chips, although I don't really like chocolate chips in those. I'm actually kind of just a plain guy. I like plain. I'm a classic pancake girl. But too. if you're talking plain all across the board, the fluffy inside and crispy outside of a waffle is undefeated. It is, it's undefeated, never lost, the bar ball style. It's undefeated. Undefeated, never lost. Pancakes, while great, are the most boring of the three. They're just, no. they're good. They're really good. And if you said, hey, here's a stack of pancakes, I'd be pumped. I w- I'm not going to sit here and, and deny that. I would take them in a heartbeat. But if you offered me the three, that's the order I'd go in. It's all about the foundation, it's all about the density, and it's all about the distribution of the butter and the syrup. The reason that waffles will always be a clear second is because of the pockets. You get too much butter or you get too much syrup in one pocket, it's not as good. With the pancakes, you're getting it to be fluffy, but you're putting the exact amount of butter and syrup needed to make it heavier so that when you slice it open, you're getting a little bit of the butter, a little bit of the syrup, and you're maintaining the outside of the pancake. See, here's where I'm going to disagree with you again, is that I think because of those pockets and crevices, every bite tastes different. One might be a little more buttery. One might be a little bit more syrupy. If you're throwing some fruit on there, maybe you get more fruit on one than the other. I think those pockets actually make it better because every bite is different. Right, but who wants just a straight buttery pocket? Uh, sometimes you just need to eat a stick of butter. I get it. <laughs> That's what the question's all about, right? Yeah. And French toast, clear third here because it's just, it's amazing, but it's a brick. You know that after you eat French toast, you're going to have to lay on the couch for a while. But here's the problem too with French toast. And I agree with you, but it's the hardest of the three to make. And it's the hardest of the three to make really, really well. A really well-made French toast, because they can be soggy if you don't use the right bread, if you, right, if you, if you right. wet them too much. But if it's a really, if we're talking across the board, elite waffles, elite French toast, elite pancakes, it goes waffles, French toast, pancakes. I also think pancakes are more difficult to make than French toast, because French toast, you got the bread, you got the egg, you get it in there, you're in and you're out. Whereas with pancakes, you're like, how much do I pour? How do I maintain the density? I got to check the underneath. Is it time to flip yet? I don't know. And it's an art to flip a pancake. If it you're is. flipping a, a slice of bread, it's easy peasy. We're done. Lemon squeezy. Let Whereas with this. pancakes, I mean, you have got to be an artist to get a fluffy stack of pancakes correct. Let me ask you this. Are you a massive flapjack? Like we're talking almost a foot in diameter or are you more of the silver dollar person? I'm a happy medium. I need them. Um, 
bigger than a silver dollar and thicker but not we're not talking flapjacks you know because again those are those are more thin i'm not trying to eat a crepe mm, well crepes are great don't, crepe. don't shout out crepes and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm weird out because i feel like you love a good you would appreciate a good crepe too but i only like a nutella crepe and i only like it if i get it off a street cart fair fair i would agree with that Maybe throw a little ice cream in there and I'll be okay with it too. But Ooh, yeah. the big giant one, the big giant pancakes, you could have it. Don't want it. Too dense. Also, They're like, never good. Spare me your Dutch babies. I don't need mm-hmm. that in my life. Nope. Totally agree. But I actually like the silver dollar. I like to just be able to take a little pancake, dip it in some syrup and just shove like three of them in my mouth at once. <laughs> well, I like how we agreed, disagreed, and then came full circle on that. That's Steve. pretty much what the podcast is all about. That's right. Okay. Well, these questions were amazing. Thank you to everyone who submitted them. That was very fun and very diverse. I feel like we went all over the board there. I had never thought about the butter question. And you told me yesterday before I lost power, I believe. So I had a good 30 hours to marinate on it. And I'm glad I did because I think popcorn, if I had forgotten popcorn, it is definitely my number one choice. Normally we don't share the questions prior, but I knew that one was going to take some thought. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was going to be one of those things where if I just asked you immediately and you went, straight out the gate, big potato, that later you'd be texting me being like, I really wish I could amend my answer. Here's the thing. If you had asked me that and gave me no heads up, I would have said English muffin, which isn't the, isn't a bad choice, but it's not the best choice. Okay, Steve. Well, are you ready to wrap up and have a review? Are they negative again this time? Cause I'm all for it. No, but I didn't say one good thing about Illinois this week. Did you say honestly? Probably. <laughs> if we're being honest, I, just, I probably did. As I just say, honest, there you go. And I um, didn't say anything, I don't think, positive about Illinois, but I did shout out Milwaukee as a great Midwestern city, so it's still on brand. I could go back and listen, but I don't, th- I don't think we said like a lot either. So maybe we're learning. I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll come yeah, back yeah, with a tally. That's right. You're going to be like, cheesy. it said five in the first two minutes. <laughs> okay, well. Lock the- it up. Yeah, lock it up with the legs, both of us. Okay, this review title, Steve, episode 100 and Polynesian sauce, five stars. In preparations for episode 100, I went back and started listening to old episodes. Uh-oh. First off, the take Sorry. of the- Sorry. Yep, yeah, our bad. <laughs> First off, the take of the quarterback class of 2018 missed the mark, we know. But that's okay because the conversation went on to the sauces of Chick-fil-A. They're sold now in stores here in Florida. If you need some ship to you, I've Whoa. got you covered. Is this common knowledge? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but... I mean, yes. Now, Steve, we've got a Polynesian sauce plug in Florida. Okay, I'm going to need a Polynesian sauce. Their zesty buffalo is the best buffalo sauce I've ever had. So if you could just send those up to uh, Glastonbury, I'd be eternally grateful. Also, everybody shouts out the Chick-fil-A sauce and the Polynesian sauce, but their honey mustard sauce there is also underrated. All of their sauces are good. They're all good. good I mean, it's rare that you bat a thousand on sauces anywhere you go, and Chick-fil-A is doing that. You know I like what? that baseball Ch- reference. What's up? Oh, you know what? You are so lucky that the Cardinals had a COVID outbreak because you would have had to watch some baseball between now and then. Man, it's been brutal here in St. Louis. I mean, I can't even explain to you how tough this has been. You're wondering if players are sick. You know, you're hearing names. You're hoping that they're recovering quickly. Now you're worried about the roster. They have to go out there and make up all these games. I mean, it's just been a lot, Steve. It's been a lot. It's too easy, but I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. If you had offered me the ability to watch Cardinals baseball for 30 straight hours or do nothing like I did, I would take nothing. You're the worst. (laughs) You're the absolute worst, so we're going to end it here so we don't fight over this. Thank you again to everyone who sent in questions. Thank you for listening. Steve and I will be back in action next week, and here's a deep tease. We're doing another draft, and oh boy, is this a good one. It's a weird one in a great way. You're going to love it. But until then, pancakes are the best. Throw some butter on your popcorn.
Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.